Blog Talk Radio. I'll just stall. I need my note behind you. Hey, there is a war for our souls, and tonight we're having a special program with Bruce Curtis. So uh, I hope Bruce is on or able to join us here in a few minutes. And before he does, let's pray and ask the Lord to give us wisdom. Tonight we're going to be talking about um, the internationalizing Jerusalem and the, um, the, the uh, heavenly and the earthly kingdom kingdoms. So, Father God, we thank you tonight for this very awesome time uh, in history, uh, incredible time. Uh, it's marked out and described by your word and through the prophets of old, Father. And, of, of course, you have to forgive us for not being so able to understand it and interpret it. The events are so uh, confusing, and uh, there's so many uh, double messages and counterfeits and symbols, Lord God, that are not accurate or that represent two or three different things and so many different factions and forces, Lord. So I just pray tonight that as we listen, we'll be able to um, get some clarity and understand your will in this matter, to know your mind, what is really, really going on in the world today. And so, Father, give us wisdom, eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to receive the revelation of your truth. And so tonight, we're going to be talking about um, the, the issues around Jerusalem. And, and Bruce, are you with us? I am. Hi. This is Bruce Curtis. Bruce, um, tell us a little bit about yourself, and uh, just then we'll dive right into some questions here and some talk about okay. Jerusalem. Yeah. Marietta's here with us, too, so we have our uh, mutual perspective. Is Jerry there, too? I am here. Hello, you guys. How are you doing? We're doing great. It's good to hear you. Good, good, good. <clears throat> we got some hot topics tonight, don't we? Well, we do because this is really, in a sense, what it's all about. In, in when we look at Abraham's journey of faith and looking mm-hmm. for a city not made by man, a city made by God. Mm-hmm. And um, right now, we have a lot of flurry over a city made by by human beings, a city made by man, and mm-hmm. sometimes will get confused. So it's really wonderful to always have the opportunity to let God's Word speak out uh, what's important for us regarding these issues, because we don't want to be carnally minded mm-hmm. and focus on the things of the world, realizing they're a shadow of the heavenly struggle. Right, and exactly. Battle, yeah. As we know, Margie, we're all on that front every day. Mm-hmm. And the spiritual battle is the key one, and that's the one where Christ is going to win the kingdom. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, can we, you know, there's a lot to this um, battle. And as I was talking to you earlier, and we we're praying about the, uh, the, the, the political, uh, I don't even know what, it, manipulation, maneuvering for power positions, the espionage, the intrigue, the, I think one of the things that is, it's so complicated, so confusing, because there's so much lying that people are presenting, that they're going to negotiate, make a treaty, make this, you know, I think today the most recent things we're talking about, and you can 
surely update us, but are the uh, like the internationalization of Jerusalem. But Bruce, if we could back up a little bit and get some terms defined, just because even for myself, I looked at your website or the websites you gave us, and there's some real complicated history uh, to Israel and Jerusalem, and I'm going to be doing more research. But there's some questions that maybe our listeners might be having tonight about just the terms. Um, First of all, can you explain to me, I'm I'm going to jump to one of the middle questions I'd asked you to explain, what is a Zionist state and the word Zion, Z-I-O-N, Zionist state or, or Zionists, what are they? What, what are they? What, what is that? That's such a good question because Zionism could be confusing to the average person in view of the fact that it's such an important word in Scripture. Zion mm-hmm. can refer to a multitude of things in Scripture. It can refer to the, the holy city. It's been used poetically to speak of Jerusalem. It's been used poetically to speak of God's people. Mm-hmm. But it also has a higher reference in that, it's, in a sense, it's not of this world, Uh, and and Isaiah uh, trumpets out a a beautiful piece, the law went forth out of Zion, and in a Mm -hmm. sense, the spiritual reference that we can see, there is a Zion that that lays beyond the pale of this world. Um, Mm -hmm. In the psalm, David wrote, God is more in love with the gates of Zion than with all of the tabernacles of Jacob. So you see there's a spiritual and material distinction there that Mm -hmm. the tabernacles of Jacob would refer to the earthly Israel, the earthly Jerusalem, and the gates of Zion, a heavenly reality. So we Mm -hmm. have to remember that there's always this beautiful reality behind the shadow, and we are seeking the heavenly Jerusalem because the earthly Jerusalem is going to prove to be um, a, 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 a torture stake for a lot of people in many ways, as it was a torture stake for Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, there's All a the lot problem. of battling going over it. Now, so what are the Zionists? Are those pro today? I mean, in the terms of, you know, political stuff today. Are the Zionists, yeah. those who are pro-Jew or uh, against Israel, what are they? Well, that's such a good question, Margie, because it's tricky. Because you, if, if a person says they're a Zionist, you think, well, yeah. I have to support them because they must be pro-Jew, mm-hmm. and but there it is. It's it's more deceptive in the sense because there are political Zionists who believe mm-hmm. in the return to Israel for the cultural Jews, and it became a political thing. So the international Zionist movement is mm-hmm. actually that which funded the writing of uh, the uh, Communist Manifesto and other documents, the, the Protocols of the Learned Elders of Zion, which is basically a depiction of how the, the uh, Zionists would take over all the goyim, all of the nations, all of the peoples of the nations. Mm-hmm. So Zionism, you know, on one hand, we'd be tempted to think, oh, that's got to be good because Zion is good and the Lord loves mm-hmm. Zion and we should be supportive of Zion. But when it's used mm-hmm. in the sense of this international conspiracy, this international group of Zionists, Remember, the Nazi party was what? National Socialists and Zionists. Okay. And the Nazi party so, was the well, National Wait, wait, wait. So- okay, okay, slow down. Stop, stop. Okay. I, I'm following you, but if, if the Nazi party was Zionists and those were, what were they? They were Jews. They had the DNA of, uh, of a Hebrew or a Jew, but they were also then um, uh, pro- proponents of the Holocaust. How does 
or am I getting something wrong? It's hard to believe that people will sacrifice their own. I mean, believe unless you look at, say, Africa, where many African chiefs sold off their people into slavery, in the same way there are people who claim to be Jews, and maybe we should look at these as ones Jesus described as the synagogue of Satan, those who say they are Jews and are not. Yeah, that's Revelation. It's what? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So in other words, you're saying these shadow types or these... these, um, uh, counterfeits using the same precious words, the good words, but making uh, using them to hide underneath uh, evil, the evil that they're doing. Yeah, so that was that's verse. Do you want to read that, Jerry? Read. Yeah, what uh, you're referring to there, Bruce. Uh, Revelation. Yeah, Revelation chapter two, verse nine, the letter to the church at Smyrna. Uh, exactly. To the angel of the church in Smyrna, these things says the first and the last who was dead and came to life. I know your works, tribulation, and poverty, but you are rich. I know the blasphemy of those who say they are Jews and are not, mm-hmm. but, are, are, but are a synagogue of Satan. So we still go. have that today then. We have Zionists who are not Jews. They're of a synagogue, but the synagogue is of Satan. So not every synagogue or thing that's called of, of the Jews is necessarily of the Jews. So, so you're, I'm recapping. We just go back to the Zionists who were helping they, their, their agenda, as you described it a few minutes ago, then is to take over the world and make it a complete Zionist state. But there are other people, other entities, groups, uh, religious groups, political groups, that are also have the a goal and agenda of taking over the world. Uh, and, make, and whether it's a religious takeover or a global national takeover, is that correct? That is correct. That's, okay. Yeah, because we know that the Vatican has wanted control over Jerusalem for a long time. They've set a lot of things in motion, including even the creation of Islam to displace the Jews. So, so the really? Vatican, yeah. So the, 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 the Vatican, I know that the Catholic uh, agenda, Vatican agenda, has been for a long time to restore all religions under their control, the control of the right. Vatican. And um, I suppose that would be all countries so they they used to be very enmeshed enmeshed in like the, the you know with the king of england until it you know broke away all these the governments were also very married into the roman catholic church and it was always their agenda now you're saying that uh they've tried to do these things um to take over how how do you see the, the vatican's long-term policies of trying to take over israel what are what in a nutshell kind of what are they doing well, right now, this is where these parties come together, where the, the different agendas are going to be forged into one, because behind them all is a master deceiver. Mm-hmm. Behind them all is a master controller. And so that is why it's very important that down here people don't argue over sides, because in a sense, yeah. every side goes back to the great deceiver, the old dragon, the devil, right. Satan. So if you want right. to argue... You know, the Democrats versus the Republicans or the Socialists versus the Mm -hmm. Capitalists. It doesn't matter because, in a sense, all roads lead back to the architect behind these factions. And now he's bringing together these factions as one. So that Mm -hmm. you have the rabbis of Jerusalem in dialogue, Mm -hmm. the Vatican in dialogue with Islamic leadership, in in dialogue with Obama. And it's all being forged. Right. The scenes as they pull the sheep, the wool over the eyes yeah. of the sheep. 
Yeah. They're forging a system that they're going to try to fool everybody into, a, into supporting, yeah. into joining. A sinister, into a sinister scheme. It's a sinister scheme like they talk about in Daniel. The thing that you're just saying makes me think that a lot of times, um, you know, people want to take a side. You know, I want to be a, pub, a Republican, a Democrat. I want to be a, uh, you know, this and that. But when you're, what you're saying is basically all the sides are the same side. They're all worldly. They're all kingdom of darkness. And there's, there's the other side, totally the other side, which is Jesus Christ and the kingdom of, of God's dear son. And that, you know, is, is the only side that we should be standing with um, in this whole, rather than making all of these discussions and pointing fingers and trying to unravel this mystery of iniquity uh, to get people to understand. I think really what, if you're saying, you, did you say, uh, did I hear you say it right, that the... Um, Vatican created Islam? Yes, there are substantial, there's substantial research. And, you know, I can eventually send you the links and you can send them to your listeners uh, or put them up. But there are a number of very good research papers. Some are done, uh, there have been several good papers by Islamic converts to Christianity that mm-hmm. went back and saw how the delegations from the Vatican uh, worked with uh, Muhammad's uncle, and they selected Muhammad from a young age in the same, similar way to how Obama was selected when he was mm-hmm. very young. Mm-hmm. Um, they selected Muhammad from a young age and set him up to be a prophet. Mm-hmm. And, um, and in that and then way... They built the, and they built their, their uh, religion around him and came up with their... But, but the, so the Vatican is setting up terrorism and opposition, setting up factions so that there can be a divisiveness. And I think, that, of course, factions and divisions always Satan at the bottom of it. But um, so they are, one, one of the things I read, and you can maybe add to this or whatever, in the olden days, I think there was the, you know, the Crusades, there was the, um, in, yeah, the uh, Inquisitions, there were the uh, terrorism, there was the, 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 the purging out of the, the undesirables or the resistors that way more with the, the, the active, you know, cutting them off, cutting off their heads, whatever. And now it seems like they've kind of switched switch tactics at least for a little while, and they're working with more uh, of the, the negotiation, diplomatic kind of treaties, um, peace maneuvers, um, you know, letters of appeal, getting people to agree with, you know, under the guise of unity or tolerance or, uh, you know, pre- preserving the sacred sites. They're getting people to come along and agree through signing treaties. Is that correct? Yeah, that's a part of it. I mean, there is a lot of, for example, you see now an Orthodox uh, rabbi and a high-level, you know, first national Jew, national Israelite, to be a papal commander of the Knights of the Holy Order of the Sepulcher, Rabbi Rose. And so, you know... They're merging these people into positions of power, and mm-hmm. they don't really, they're not really caring about their faith mm-hmm. as much as caring about the control and the power system of what's going to emerge, which will be a one-world religion. It yeah. looks to be, there will be different facets of the religion, like there, there may be a facet for the Jews to mm-hmm. observe God's law, but it may become... A, uh, a capital offense for a Gentile to to observe a law that they would set aside for the Jews. It may be a capital offense to 
you know, in that old prophecy in Daniel chapter 7 where the, the, um, the ruler changes times in the law, there is this, mm-hmm. I think I've told you before, this Noahide laws, which are seven laws that have been uh, validated by Israel and also validated by the U.S. Congress. Mm-hmm. They are now part of U.S. public law. That the Noahide mm-hmm. laws are the fu- foundation of of law, uh, uh, of all law of all nations. And there is a movement worldwide to establish the Noahide laws and to make it a capital offense to break any of those laws. Particularly, mm-hmm. they will look at uh, a law that's a, a, a law regarding to, uh, blasphemy. Uh, that it, you know, and that would be say to worship anyone, but if you were to honor Jesus as the Son of God, that would be considered a blasphemy and subject to decapitation <laughs> under the Noahide laws. You're kidding. Is that already in place? Yeah, that's already well, passed. Do- in- oh, that's, that sounds like Daniel's day when he was forbidden to pray and, they, and the, the three Hebrew children, they, couldn't, they had to bow down to this idol or whatever it was. And- so, so, Bruce, uh, I may have missed this, but who, who's, uh, who's behind these laws? The Noahide laws? Very likely the international Zionist group because, you see, they have funded socialism and communism around the world to oppress people, to get them into a godless system. The international Zionist group is part of this whole herding of people into a control system and religious systems. So the, the Noahide laws have already passed in Israel. This will enable Israel to allow full citizenship to people who are not Jewish, but you will be under a separate legal system than the Jews. The Jews will be under the laws of Moses, but the Gentiles will be under the laws, the Noahide laws. So it's mm-hmm. a very, very despicable, diabolical uh, schemings going on right now that mm-hmm. are going to lock people into, you know, systems of worship that are, shall we say, if we want to be tongue-in-cheek, not kosher. Okay. Well, so, okay, uh, so the Zionists, can I ask, you know, I, I know there are different factions within the Jewish, you know, community, and there's different, um, you know, whether it's the nation or whatever. We have, like, the, or the Orthodox Jews, who are your traditional, you know, Jews. Uh, we have the Messianic Jews. We have the Zionists. We have people, like, like I think, who are, I don't even know what they're called, the Temple Mount group or whatever they are. We, who's running the government right now? Did you know which one of those groups is most well, we uh, control? Back to the history of, of Israel to understand mm-hmm. who runs the government. You've got Benjamin Netanyahu as the head of state, and you have Shimon Peres, who has signed agreements with the Vatican going back into 1993. Uh, some accords and treaties and uh, agreements have been who is, signed. Who is he? Shimon Peres was the president of, uh, he was once a prime minister, he's president of Israel. Okay. And he, he um, Shimon Peres has uh, basically facilitated the handing over the Vatican back to the, back to, or handing over of Jerusalem back to the Vatican. So why is he doing that? Well, it's I mean, part of a larger plan. We have to realize that behind the scenes, many of these people are brothers in a higher order, a higher devotion to okay. another another god, another ruler. So, so really they... Like, okay, go ahead. Just like Putin and Obama. On stage, they look like they're, 
they're fighting, and it looks like Putin has mastered Obama, and Obama's a piece of cake for him. But mm-hmm. if you have to remember, behind the scenes, they're both high-level Masons, and mm-hmm. they're both really all They're committed to the same cause, but they're just coming at it from opposite di- di- directions so that it looks like there are sides. And then the, the people who are, are ill-taught and uninformed will choose a side, and then they'll become sucked in by that. But the real point is to create such confusion that everybody will cry out for one clarity, one leadership, and they'll all come together and realize all the sides are pointless because really they're all coming from the same root, which is hell, I think. I can simplify it that way. But so you've got people who are not sure who they, and that's why probably I'm so confused, right, Bruce? Because, you know, it doesn't make sense. They don't, they, they don't uh, I don't know, you've got the Zionists who are trying to destroy Israel, and you've got the people of Israel giving away their own property, and they're giving it to their supposed enemies who have you know, done them in in history and centuries past, and now they're all getting together. And well, the Zionists, the Zionists so, are not trying to destroy Israel. They're trying to make Israel a secular or international state of control. And so, you know, this is the antithesis, because like, you, you know, you have a very good point about all this division and difference. And mm-hmm. I think the beautiful words, when we think of the body of Christ and the kingdom, the kingdom is one, and it, Paul's beautiful words to the Ephesians, just three little verses, 4, 5, and 6 of chapter 4, one body there is, one spirit, even as you were called in the one hope to which you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, through all, and in all. So there mm-hmm. is one, one true faith, but there's not one faith that, that they're forging in Jerusalem right. and the Vatican. Right. That's not the faith. That's right. That is some yeah. idea of, of a one-world faith. Well, well, you have to look to the roots of it. I think Jesus said, "By their fruit you shall know them." But the the, the fruit, you know, bears witness to the root. And so if the fruit is evil, corrupt, uh, then the, the root obviously is evil as well. But let me ask you one more question about this, then we can move on a little bit. But um, So the Zionists want a secular international state of Israel that controls whatever. Now, who in the military in Israel, you know, they're defending themselves, they're trying to keep their people safe. Uh, who controls the military? What, what is their disposition in terms of what are they trying to do? Are they just trying to keep Israel safe? Are they trying to work with this higher agenda of bringing it into a secular arena as an international state? What are the military people doing, you think? The military is under command. Just like, you know, there's always a chain of command. And military mm-hmm. in the U.S. and Israel are always following the chain of command. And interestingly enough, the U.S., is pretty much under the thumb of Israel, what Israel's agenda is, and what the Mossad, the Israeli Secret Service, which is perhaps the most advanced intelligence agency in the world, uh, the Mossad and, uh, you know, feeds information to the U.S., and the U.S. tries to support the policies of Israel. So the military in Israel will be basically taking orders from this government that is not really a government of God, it's a government it was cooked up by the family of Rothschild. Mm-hmm. It goes back to the Balfour Declaration of 1917 when the UK, uh, under the leadership of the chief Rothschild family member at the time who recommended to Lord Balfour 
that there should be a state set aside for the Jews. And so that, that sounds point, look, really good. That sounds like a real sweet idea, doesn't it? Sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds really good. And you what know what? That's, what? that's what Eve said when she saw the tree. She said, hey, it looks, looks good for food. Yeah. And, so this, you know, this that, was not a good thing, although it was going to set aside the state. And it actually happened, didn't it? It happened. And it took from 1917 till 1948, UN Resolution mm-hmm. 242, that created the state of Israel. So it was a, it's a plan. It's a long-term plan. Mm-hmm. And the plan... If you go back, are you familiar, uh, Jerry and uh, and Margie? Are you familiar with Bishop Pike, or not Bishop Pike, but um, oh yeah, Albert the Pike, yeah, Albert Pike, the, the Mason, the Mason guy, the Mason guy. Yeah. So he wrote he wrote in 1871 that there were going to be three world wars, and the last one would be a war between Israel and or between. Um, Jews and Muslims, hmm. or between uh, Christians, Jews, and Muslims. So they've been planning this. They've thought ahead. They've put everything in place, and they've planned it out. So it is the natural consequence of their uh, okay. of, of their plans. Well, so okay, um, stop. Okay, I got to ask you a yeah. question. <laughs> uh, okay, so this third world war, war between the Jews, the Muslims, and the Christians. Well. Where are the Christians, the, the, let's just call them, define the Christians as the true followers of Jesus Christ? As, as We know a lot of Christians these days is a really watered-down word, and it means basically nothing. Um, but the real followers of Jesus Christ, where are they going to be in this war, do you see? Are they going to be what? What are we... Well, how, how, well, where, well, where should our stand be in this? I know. Okay, uh, let me quote one of the questions on your list, Margie, because you wrote this in another nice form. Mm-hmm. On, your, on your list of good questions, is the anti-Israeli sentiments actually not really taking a position against the God of Israel, possessing his eternal capital in Jerusalem? So according to some uh, branches of Christianity, some of the denominations, they would say, mm-hmm. if you do not support the nation of Israel, you are against God. Mm-hmm. And so you're asking, what position should a Christian take? I believe a Christian should take a scriptural position. Now, whether you go to Isaiah chapter 40, where he says all the nations are a mere unreality before the Lord, mm-hmm. you know, and you realize... A drop in the bucket, this, a bit of dust, yeah, in the balance. Bucket. That's mm-hmm. right. And on the, on the balance scale. So, mm-hmm. you know, now God's people are another matter. God's people are like the pupil of his eye. He guards them like the apple of his eye. Mm-hmm. So God's People is one thing, nations of the earth is a different thing, and we have to help people discern between the people Israel and the historical nation set in motion by the Rothschilds, who are, you know, part obviously part of the synagogue of Satan. Mm-hmm. So, 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 okay, so when, so get, getting complicated here with that same question, the anti-Israeli sentiment. Um, you know, to, to um, God says he is going to set his kingdom in Jerusalem, the earthly city, but it's going to be his heavenly Jerusalem. I don't know. And he's going to, res- I don't know what he's going to do, reside on, on the earth and not really reside, but I mean, that's going to become the place where he declares his kingdom or whatever. A uh, little complicated there, but. 
But when people are, so when we say pro-Israel, are we saying, I am, I am for God getting his eternal capital established in Jerusalem, basically. I'm, I'm for God getting whatever the Bible says God's going to have. I am, that's what, some people, when they, they're pro-Israel, that's what they mean. I am for God getting his final, you know, prophetic words accomplished in earth. Um, I, I, is, that, is that safe to say that? Well, I think what we have to do is look, because your question is very well worded, it's his eternal capital. Mm-hmm. Now, let's think about that. The eternal capital, we have, to, we have to be very careful here because if we're looking at an eternal capital, it cannot reside in space and time because mm-hmm. space and time is, implies change and it's passing. And in fact, in the book of Revelation, chapter 20, mm-hmm. verse 11, I saw a great white throne and the one seated on it from before him... The earth and the heaven fled away, and no place was found for them. So if there's no place for heaven found, they're gone. And that Mm -hmm. means that the physical Jerusalem, how could it be an eternal city? Because it has to flee. It's Mm -hmm. part of the earth. So the only place in eternal capital would be the heavenly city. Okay. Now, question, though. Um, The eastern gate. That is a physical place that's been sealed. And isn't there a prophecy that says that that will be sealed until Jesus Christ comes through that gate? Now, I don't know. I have, I'm not asking you to give me all the, the, the timeline stuff because I don't know if anybody really knows it. But, and I'm not saying Jesus is, is going to rule, rule from Jerusalem, the city as we know it now. But can you help me understand a little bit about how that gate is going to be unsealed, and is Jesus Christ, as he puts his foot down on Mount Olivet, is he going to go through that? Somehow that gate's going to be open, and he's going to ride through there. Is there some demonstration like he did when he came through the first time on a donkey? Is there anything? Uh, there is. There, there will be a demonstration of his presence, mm-hmm. and in fact, as he puts his feet on the Mount of Olives, mm-hmm. it looks from the standpoint of Zechariah, that the mountain will split in half, and mm-hmm. part of the mountain will move to the north, and part of the mountain will move to the south. Mm-hmm. So the prophets seem to indicate that there's going to be a tremendous change. Now, let's look at the shadow of the historical yeah. deliverance of God's people from Egypt. What happened? Mm-hmm. The water split, mm-hmm. people through, mm-hmm. and I'm just throwing this out as a question for everybody to contemplate, because I don't want people to think that we have all the answers. But let's just think about this. If the past physical history of Israel is a shadow of the present and future spiritual history of the circumcised of heart Israel, the congregation of Christ, the spiritual house of Israel, if that's a shadow, then Moses passing through the water and then the water closing and swallowing up Pharaoh's armies, wouldn't it be interesting if the armies of the nations were following Christ and the mountain closed on them, just as the waters had closed on the arm of Pharaoh. I'd so like this, to see that thing. <laughs> yeah, well, you're probably going to live for that uh, mm-hmm. if you pass through the next next seven or eight years. Uh, there's a good chance that you could live for that, and there's even a chance you could be over there, too. I mean, we don't know what God has planned, but we do know mm-hmm. that his feet will be on the mountain. We know the mountain's going to split. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is going to be a physical battle, obviously, in you know, the Valley of Megiddo, which I don't know where that is in location to the Mount of Olives, or do you know if that's right? I think, I mean, everything's know, close. A little bit, 
Megiddo, I believe, is a little west and a little northwest of Jerusalem and, and all of it's to the east. But regardless, everything's so close around there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there, there's going to be, there's definitely going to be a show of power and well, the nations are going to be put to a finish. This is where Christ is going to really right. uh, finish the rebellion the on showdown. Earth. showdown. Yeah, this is the, yeah. the final showdown. This is where they... In the old cowboy movies, they pull the, the gunfighters come out into the street, and <laughs> that's kind of the last showdown right there with Jesus. But now, question though: um, yeah. When Jesus sets up his uh, thousand-year reign on the earth, that's on the earth, right? That millennium peace. When yeah. um, he's, uh, now right. that is a physical location of Jerusalem, where he will be. Uh, that uh, that will be capital seat. There will be a gateway for the glorified disciples of Christ mm-hmm. that will be able to enter the heavenly city mm-hmm. even as they rule as kings with him on the earth. Okay, so that he, sounds good. <laughs> in the Revelation. It's just that, you know, so many people have made movies in their mind, it's hard for them to read the text. But if you just mm-hmm. carefully read the text, you'll see that he, he has his disciples, his glorified disciples, reigning on earth with him and in the book of ezekiel it shows that the people of the nations have to go up and they have to learn about you know they have, they worship the lord and they learn about the ways of the lord mm-hmm. so the nations will get a chance to learn and come along in that thousand year millennial reign before satan is released released at the end Again. and then finally the earth and the heavens flee after Satan is destroyed, and then and then the final judgment comes to pass. So who, who flees? I didn't hear what you said. The who flees? The what? Yeah, I'm sorry, oh, I didn't hear what. Heaven and earth flees, and death is no more. In that oh. thousand years, the only possible death someone could face would have to be external, have to be an accident. You couldn't. You know, death will be conquered within each person, because that's part of the conquering of Christ, like it says in 1 Corinthians 15, death, the last enemy, is overcome. Mm-hmm. So death death will be conquered, and people will live for a thousand years. So then what then, happens to those people who have the, uh, this is off the subject, forgive me, it's just a curiosity, those people who live that thousand years who have not yet died and do not yet have their glorified bodies, um, how will they get their glorified bodies? Will they that's, use it? That's the easy, and that's a beautiful thing because all they have to do is ignore Satan in that last little bit of time when he comes out one last time, mm-hmm. uh, which chapter twenty. Uh, you know, Satan will be let loose mm-hmm. for a short time. He's going to try one more time to convince people. Yeah. And so all of the people at that time, all they have to do is just endure to the finish, and uh, then they will receive glorified bodies in a. In a, in, a, in a twinkling, uh, in a mm-hmm. twinkling of an eye. So they w- wouldn't even know they'd passed through death because they wouldn't mm-hmm. really pass. Mm-hmm. They would well, well, let's get but, back to the little bit of more messy practical stuff because that all sounds great to me. It's good, like it's the cherry on top. Um, go ahead. Yeah, let me let's just jump back here. Just, just a little review from a while, a while ago. Bruce. Uh, so in a sense, and... Uh, the kind of summarize this Zionist state has yes. kind of been created as kind of a focal point to help introduce the new world order. So it's not Indeed. just it's not just a 
a safe, supposedly a safe haven where Jewish people can settle and be in peace. But it's it's a really kind of a, a sort of a base for the extension and creation of this uh, this new world order. Is that correct? You are so right, Jerry. And let's think of it in spiritual terms, because the spiritual kingdom of Babylon is one kingdom. It's not divided. It looks divided from an earthly perspective, but it's all leading to the the revelation of who the leader is, namely the one who's going to come as the Christ and the Messiah who is not. Right. right. This is what you don't know about the United Nations. The United Nations was not created to bring about a secular, anti-God world. United Nations was created to introduce Satan and his hierarchy as the governing powers of this world. Yes. That's why the UN was created. So, so we know that. We know that because it's in the documents Alice Bailey wrote before the United Nations was founded, and the mission statement of the United Mm -hmm. Nations to introduce the hierarchy to the world. And so this this basically this tug of war between you know uh, Muslims and Israelis between uh, Christians and Jews Democrats and Republicans Putin and Obama all this stuff is just a smokescreen because yes, right. because they're all really on the same Fine. same thing and 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 really this is the you know the strategy that Hitler employed that. Um, uh, you 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 create this tension, and then you come in with a solution. Um, th- this is something that basically mm-hmm. uh, dictators uh, have been using for for centuries. Terrorism is that correct? Division. Yeah, that's as good as you could put it. Anybody could put it, Jerry. It's it's the old divide and conquer uh, mm-hmm. strategy. It's to so, create this illusion of. Different parties, but in the end, the same old people pull in the strings behind. So, right. Yep. Yep. So what we have here is we have a real diabolical plot, and I'm kind of shocked that they could get be so blatant with the UN as to Alice Bailey and the gang to create a, a, an institution and a global institution with the blatantly described power or, or agenda of setting Satan up as the his hierarchy and world control, but. I can't, I mean, yeah, people don't realize what the UN is, I know. But here, back to Christians or believers. Let's note uh, for one second because it just shows you how how cowed they have everybody because Alice Bailey, had, she, when she took over the publishing company, it was named Lucifer Publishing. Yeah. And they printed all of the booklets for the UN, Lucifer Publishing, and their address was 666 United Nations Plaza. Mm-hmm. How many clues do you need to solve the puzzle? <laughs> right, right. Those are pretty big ones. <laughs> uh, but she did change the publishing company, then she, to, what did Lucas. she call it late? Lucas, Lucas. Publishing. Yeah, kind right. of shortened it a little bit. But, you know, the thing is, um, you know, I think the Christian, the believers, really understand we're living in a world system, a worldliness ungodliness and it's within without it's everywhere people kind of want to you know just avoid it deny it escape it not deal with it and and then you get other believers who waste all their time trying to stop it or 
call, blow the whistle on this or that or some other little tiny piece of it, which really cannot stop the whole locomotive. I mean, it's like putting a penny on the track and trying to stop the locomotive from crashing through. But That's back to the, one, one of the first questions that we put on our list is, um, you know, the battles, the counterfeits, the shadow battles. I mean, there's a lot of things people can get, can get involved in that are kind of a waste of their time. Um, and But what is actually... Um, it, you know, some of these things are engineered to look like God's agenda. You know, like we've got the kingdom now, we've got, uh, what is it, uh, the other ones, uh, dominion theology. People, believers who are eager to assist Jesus Christ in bringing his kingdom back to earth and making it all nice and the social gospels, the green gospels, everybody loves you, everybody tolerates everybody and, you know, all that. It, it's not really love. It's just... Uh, it's called love, but it's really embracing anything and everything um, under the guise of fear, I think. But what about um, these kinds of movements that Christians can be so wrapped up in? What do you got to say to yeah, that? Yeah, like the, uh, for example, like the um, the Kingdom Now, uh, the Kingdom Now view, just kind of. Yeah, talk a little bit about that and in, in relation to what we've talked about as far as this uh, this satanic New World Order movement. Yeah, that's so important because people need to, we need to honor God's will. I mean, one of the problems, this whole thing began when a cherub, an anointed cherub, did not honor God's will and set himself against God's will. And we were, we were taught by the Lord to pray, Thy will be done. Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Mm-hmm. So kingdom is coming. We're not here to establish the kingdom. Now, I, for all of those people, and there are many good Christians who have mm-hmm. been misled and honestly believe that we're here to establish the kingdom, I want you to know that Albert Pike and the Masons also believe it is their mission to establish the kingdom of God on earth. So that just goes to show you that it is all implanted by Lucifer. This mm-hmm. notion of, of building the kingdom is implanted. You know, many of these groups were taken over by Masons, like the head of the Jehovah's Witness, uh, William, mm-hmm. uh, William Russell. William Taze Russell was a high-level Mason, and, and he started the Watchtower Bible Tract Society. If you look at his... Gravesite. I happened to see it when we were somewhere, and I'm trying to think of what city it was in, but he's got an obelisk and a lot of Egyptian gold really? in his, in his grave. So these mm-hmm. people infiltrated and started whole denominations and translations of the Bible to get mm-hmm. things off track. So they've right. gone oh, well. to obscure the truth of Jesus Christ. And that's why you have to really know, that's why I spent many years... I took five semesters of New Testament Greek and uh, spent a lot of time with the Hebrew text of the Old Testament because I don't want to be derailed by these translations that were planned by the mm-hmm. globalists, by the Illuminati, these translations right. that yeah. are throwing people off the track. So mm-hmm. what we have in these, uh, this king, dominion now or kingdom now type of movement, to get back to the main part of your question, Jerry and, and Margie, um, is that it is not in the scriptures that we are here to establish the kingdom. Now, there is a small group in Revelation chapter 17 that Mm -hmm. joins with the Lamb of God to defeat the ten kings of the earth. 
okay? There is a group, the elect, okay? The elect, the, 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 the elect and the faithful. It's the called, the chosen, and the faithful, or the called, the elect, and the faithful. Those are a small group that are chosen to, with the Lamb to defeat the ten kings of the earth. But that does not mean that they are established in the kingdom. They're helping the Lord yeah. to take out the trash. <laughs> Good way to put it. Yeah, right. Because Jesus said, you know, this is one of the verses that's very alarming to me. He said, you know, when I come back, will I really find faith on earth? So if Jesus is already back when he was on earth the first time, said, hey, there's not going to be, am I going to find any real faith? So we're not, so whatever we might see that looks like faith or is promoted, promoted as faith, um, is not the faith he's looking for. It's just like that verse that says where they say, Lord, Lord, haven't we done many mighty works in your name and cast out demons and da-da-da. And he's going to say, I don't know who you are. Another thing, Bruce. Yeah, Bruce, could you distinguish? Now, Jesus, in in the three and a half years uh, of his earthly ministry here, uh, talked a lot about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, that sort of thing. Um, now, and he said that the kingdom of God is is within you. Um, you know, the, the kingdom of God is, the, I think, always think of it this way. It's a king, and then it's dom, which is dominion. So it's the dominion of a king. It's where a king rules. And he came to rule in the hearts of people. So what what would you say to, you know, believers uh, that want to see, you know, they we want to see the kingdom of God. We, we're to pray your kingdom come, your will be done. Now, there's there's this millennial kingdom, there's the eternal kingdom, but but and then there's the kingdom now, but then there's also a part that is kingdom now in the sense where Jesus comes to rule and reign and where his authority comes uh, not to take over the whole nation or to take over the whole, you know, World Republican Party or the world or something, but to, in certain um, but to take over in our certain, lives certain areas of lives. Can you just kind of distinguish that a little bit for us? It's very. Oh, those, these are such important questions. We could spend days here. I um, know. <laughs> but yes, um, you see, right now, according to the Apostle Paul, uh, in uh, I think it's Second Corinthians chapter four, he talks about the God of this world. Mm-hmm. Yes blinded the eyes of believers, of, of mm. unbelievers. So yes. there is a God of this world who is not the true God. And it isn't until chapter 11 of the book of Revelation that we see in the very end, uh, the seventh angel blows his trumpet and loud voices occur in heaven saying the kingdom of the world did become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ and he will oh. rule as king ever and ever. So there's a point in time, in historical time, there's an actual point in time when the kingdom of Satan is ended. But mm-hmm. that's not the end. There's still a battle, but he no longer has authority. Now, what does that mean? That means that the airspaces of the prince of the air, the, the, the power of the prince of the air is ended. Mm-hmm. He is cast, in chapter 12, he's cast down to earth, and now he's given the mind of a man. He will no longer mm-hmm. be able to operate as the great dragon, the old devil. He won't be mm-hmm. able to control the mind space. So right now, that is why the helmet of salvation, the mind of Christ, is so critical yeah. for believers to sort of move in the kingdom to, you know, have 
uh, obedience or, uh, you know, a surrender yeah, to Christ. Exactly. exactly. You have that relationship with Christ because otherwise you are still, you know, there's still that broadcast. Satan is still broadcast. People are still susceptible to that broadcast. Yeah, it's the airwaves, the kind of the, yeah. Mm-hmm. Battle, our battle is to win hearts and minds. That's, That's what it. we can We can win hearts and minds. And Satan is terraforming. He's the master terraformer. I like to say that he is terraforming the mental topography of the human race. What's terraforming so, mean? Terraforming, that's what you do when you shape the earth. You know, like they're terraforming the earth with chemtrails. You know, they're, they're re-engineering the earth. Well, I use it as not to play on words, that he's terraforming the gray matter of people's brains. With, with terror. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, terror. and, yeah. Yeah, he's we, terraforming the world with terror. Yeah, terror, but he, and you know he's 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 putting in these weeds, so people's minds are full of weeds, right? Oh, terrors, terrors versus wheat, wheat yeah, terrors. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. But but the, tons, the, the tons and tons of terrors. Yeah. So, right. Well, can I can I just mention what you'd said too that I thought was really good before earlier today when we were talking uh, in defining the kingdom, the kingdom of God really basically boils down to the rule of God, the kingdom ruled by God, as Jerry referred to as well. And right. the kingdom comes within us. And really, when you're looking as a believer, the kingdom of God is within me, and thy will be done, O God, in me, and I am obediently following you. And the rest of this is your deal, your problem, and I will obey you in you know, doing what you told me to do. You told me to do a couple of things, to make disciples and preach the gospel, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. And basically, that's our job. The, the rest of it, you know, the political stuff, the manipulating, maneuvering, and the Illuminati, and the Masons, and the counterfeits, and the plots, and the shadow battles, and all this other stuff that's going on out there. You know, in some ways, Bruce, am I being a cop-out Christian to just say it's, it's, it's God's problem? Or can I say that and still be a good believer, or what? I think that you, you've got a good precautionary word for people by a cautionary word mm-hmm. by telling, you know, trying to make sure people don't get distracted be, by that because all of the knowledge about the Rothschild family and the Vatican will mm-hmm. not help you if you're not abiding in Christ. That's yeah. right. That's right. So because you don't, we got yet. you don't want to get too distracted, but what you do want to do is have enough awareness so you can point out to somebody, oh, look at that. Isn't that a trick? That's really <laughs> yeah. a copy. That's a copy. Check it out. It's a copy. It's mm-hmm. Yeah. It's able to help things out to people that's counterfeit, you know, mm-hmm. and to show them. Um, well, you know, like perfect. going back to the counterfeits quickly, you know, G- and Paul said in Second Corinthians, there were going to be false Jesuses, angels of light, antichrist spirits, and of course, those are copies of the real and. And, you know, there's not just copies in the political arena and, and, and manipulating there, but there's also, I believe, the religious, uh, horrible, you know, kingdoms like that are, you know, by the, the, spearheaded by the Vatican that are just as evil, treacherous, and deceptive. Uh, so people, everything that looks good and looks religious and sounds and has got the right words doesn't necessarily mean it's right. You can, the counterfeit bills have all the elements of a, of a true uh, $20 bill, all the counterfeits, but, you know, they're still a counterfeit. So, but if they wouldn't have the elements of the real, people would say, well, whoa, this is a counterfeit because there's no, you know, there's no this or that on there. And every 
but he knows that a real has that. So I believe the devil is really good at making his counterfeits, but um, counterfeit has to have has to be made with the right paper, the right plates, and the right ink. Mm-hmm. And then it's hard to tell, you know. Then you really, and that's not, you know, people are mistaken. I think Christians are mistaken if they think it's going to be easy to determine the counterfeit. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Scripture shows how the adversary has engineered his plan around copying God's plan so that he can throw people off and maybe make people think that everything's all done when the Antichrist comes, thinking that it's Christ that has come and that yeah. everything. That's how they're going to make it look. It's all finished. Christ is here. And so here's a here's a real problem because if the God of this world has blinded the minds, and you know then then I see. Our only safety is in two things, in really, in our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, it's based in the Word of God and walking in the Spirit, listening to the Holy Spirit, really um, preaching, not ourselves, not, a, not a, a denomination, not a political agenda, but preaching Jesus Christ and really keeping it that simple. It's about Jesus Christ who died on the cross for our sins made a way for us to be saved. It's not about good works. All these counterfeit gospels, counterfeit Bibles, counterfeit, you know, garbage in the news and the, the political plays. I mean, just keep it simple, you know. Keep it well, simple. Now, Margie, you just reminded me, in a, uh, unconsciously, you just reminded me of something I asked you to remind me of. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. What did I, re- I, rem- I know what I reminded you of now that you've said that. What did I remind you to say? You reminded me of what the Pope said about a relationship with Jesus Christ. Oh, and what did he say? Most, this is a new. This is a new. Uh, this is a new limit, or you know, it's a new le- a new bar they've reached in the Vatican. But the Pope said that a relationship with de- having a relationship, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, is dangerous. Wow. That. You said that was recent? He said that recently? He said that recently, and I'm going to get you the quote. I'm going to get you the uh, some of the, or one or two of the articles uh, uh-huh. where it was cited. Uh, because now, and didn't, the, didn't anybody roll their eyeballs? Because, you know, the Pope has been touted as this wonderful, you know, new St. Francis, Savior, wonderful, sweet, oh, we love our Pope kind of guy. And uh, But, you know... Some people said, no, 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 don't trust him. I mean, there's been some very articulate uh, watchmen on the wall, I think, who have really pointed out that this is very dangerous. Uh, this man is a, a wolf in sheep's clothing. In Belgium. He's been indicted in Belgium for complicity with pedophilia and participation. He even made a comment the other day uh, about black masses, that indicate, black satanic masses that indicated that he knew more or had participated. He said something about, well, pedophilia, that's like black satanic masses. So he showed insider knowledge um, mm-hmm. uh, that and, and possible participation. He's, he's being uh, tried by uh, grand juries in, in Belgium, an in international committee on crimes against the church, uh, crimes of the church and state against the people. So there's more to come on this pope and this church in terms of what people are going to expose. But I don't want to lose the the very important distinction uh, in Jerusalem. I want to get back to that because I know we've got to end the show pretty soon, even if we run over by a couple minutes. But I want to point out 
how confusing Jerusalem can be to people because I want to show you something from the book of two references in the book of Revelation. Mm-hmm. So write down two verses. Okay. Verse chapter eleven, verse eight. Okay. That's the first one. And mm-hmm. after we talk about that for a second, then we're gonna go to chapter seventeen, verse eighteen. Okay? Okay. Okay. So chapter eleven is all about the transition between three and a half years of affliction and three and a half years of endurance. And right in the middle comes the kingdom. So at the end of chapter 11, the kingdom becomes Christ's, and then chapter 12, Satan is cast from heaven, and then we got three and a half more years of, of just endure to the finish, and everyone who endures to the finish will be saved. Hey, but right in the case, middle, so what happens well, in the first what was the first? Years? What was the first three and a half years, Bruce? I missed that. The first three and a half years? Is the first three and a half years, the two witnesses keep the um, the world leader busy. They've got all mm-hmm. the strength to hold him back. They fight him. He eventually kills them, right? And what's that after called, endurance? 42 months, after 42 months, the wild beast kills them. That's mm-hmm. chapter 11, verse 7. Okay. He kills them, and then they're resurrected, as we see later on in that chapter. But... He kills them, and their corpses will be on the broad way of the great city, which is in a spiritual sense called Sodom and Egypt, where their Lord was also impaled. Mm-hmm. So is there any mistake that we're referring to Jerusalem? Was the Lord right. impaled in some other city I don't know about? No, no. Okay, so we agree that chapter 11, verse 8, refers to Jerusalem as, in a spiritual sense, Sodom and Egypt. Mm-hmm. So the Lord... Has Pretty, pretty uh, sorry opinion of mm-hmm. Jerusalem, wouldn't we say? Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. Okay, now let's go to chapter 17, which is all about the harlot. Okay. And chapter 17 opens up uh, the great harlot, uh, the, the a woman sitting on a scarlet-covered wild beast that was full of blasphemous names. And by the way, those blasphemous names are the names that the fallen angels took. To themselves. Mm. They took the name of God to themselves. So mm. when you see in the book of, of, uh, of um, Enoch, you see Semyaza, or you see mm-hmm. uh, Barakiel, the, the thunder of God, you realize that these angels took glorious names unto themselves. These are blasphemous names now mm-hmm. because they're fallen mm-hmm. angels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, we go down on and on, and we get to the end of chapter 17, and what does it say? The woman whom you saw, okay, this is the harlot. This is the great harlot. Mm-hmm. The name Mystery Babylon on her head. Um, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots. We see the woman whom you saw is the great city that has a kingdom over the kings of the earth. The great city. What does it say in chapter 11, verse 10, or verse 8? The great city. There is the great, the strong possibility that people have got to come to grips with the fact that Jerusalem, in this time period, is the capital of Babylon the Great. Mm-hmm. Jerusalem of the earth, that's why, Margie, I felt it was so important to help people distinguish between the physical and the heavenly city, because there's a battle mm-hmm. over the physical city, and there's a war in heaven over the heavenly city, mm-hmm. with the angel trying to storm the gates. But God has the gates covered, and we have to... 
we have to show up in the heavenly city. We have to build the stone, become the living stones in the living temple in the living city in order to help guard our three feet of wall in the heavenly city. We have to stand guard and be with Christ and protect the heavenly city because the earthly city is this great city that has a kingdom over the kings of the earth. Now, if Jerusalem okay, so- becomes an international city, and, and mm-hmm. if it is was engineered and run by the Rothschilds and the Vatican mm-hmm. to control mm-hmm. the world, then it mm-hmm. is the great city that has a kingdom over the kings of the earth. Right, right. So this is shocking. This is going to be shocking to people if they ever come to grips with the possibility that, as John writes this, as Jesus tells John to write this vision and shows him the vision, that he's saying, look here, Jerusalem, who kill, you killed all the prophets. Yeah. And you are a harlot, and you're the mother of harlots. Now, the reason Rome cannot be the mother of harlots is because Rome is predated by many, many cities. And Jerusalem is very ancient. The antiquity goes back to before Abraham when it was the city called Salem. So here we see that um, this, the, the city of Jerusalem of the earth is really going to be the machinations of Satan to build his kingdom in this world. Right. Well, of course, that makes sense because, you know, Satan wants to be God and he wants everything that God has, including God's city. He wants to be worshipped. He wants to be uh, answer prayer. He wants to be the savior of mankind. He wants everything. And, and of course, it would make sense that he would want this city. But of course, in wanting it and he's defiling it to get it and it's becoming an abomination to God. So really, and going back to what you said um, I really believe the believers, you know, we need to let God and Satan have it out here. We're, we're on God's side, and the most important thing is to ask for wisdom, to keep our eyes open, to know how to walk in these days and how to not be drawn in uh, with vain arguments and, and disputes about things that don't matter. Because, you know, people can, can be consumed with this kind of stuff, and in the end, what's going to be is God's will. It's going to be done as God says, and we can be busy about our father's business um, and know the truth, even though we don't maybe understand every, all the order of events. We just know that God's in control. Um, yes. So that really makes sense to me. So like uh, something you referred to earlier, Bruce, about, you know, it, it's wise. I mean, the men of Issachar, uh, we read about in, uh, I think it's Second Chronicles, they understood the times to know what Israel ought to do. So it's important for us to understand the times. It's important for us to uh, be aware of these things and, and take some digging below the surface to have an awareness. But as Margie is saying, we can get so... We want to be knowledgeable about all this, but we don't want to be so consumed by it or, yeah. that we miss out on our primary yeah. calling. And Jesus said it's, it's to make disciples of all the nations. Mm-hmm. And that's that's some of this stuff, yeah. you know, we can't do anything oh, I, about, really. This but, is distracting for people. Yeah. You cannot, it's God's will. This is what I want people to understand, that what's hap- that Jerusalem is, is, is to be the capital of Babylon, and that it, this is God's will. Don't pray against it. Don't work yeah. against it. Don't spend your time preoccupying to stop it, because you don't want to stop it. And why don't you want to stop it? Because it's God's will. And why yeah. is it God's will? It's God's will so that he can stem, demonstrate that all of Satan's programs lead to death. Satan yeah. 
is not of the kingdom and Satan's way is not of life. Yeah, so we have failure. to let, mm-hmm. and go to its finish. You know, we want to support yeah, God. Amen. Like amen. Our, the best way we can support God is to follow Christ and live our life and make disciples and stay in God's camp. If we amen. stay in God, then, you know, that is worth a, an uncountable amount, infinite greater worth than to try to fight off the system of Satan. Right. right. That's what he wants us to do. Well, so, so we don't want to be so... We, we want to be aware of it. We're not going to deny this is happening. Uh, we're not going to be politically swept in or sucked into it. But because the Bible says he who seeks to save his life will lose it. And I know there are some things that wisdom would call us to do. And I know the Holy Spirit's capable of giving us wisdom in that day, in that hour, for that moment, whether it's we need grace, strength, whatever it is we need, and that we're not trying to be, um, you know, uh, save ourselves, but we're trusting in the Lord. So, uh, Bruce, do you have a couple of concluding words for tonight? And, you know, obviously the subject is is great, and there's so much more. Uh, But, again, just kind of would you wrap it up a little bit with this, uh, the shadow battles and the counterfeits, and just, again, admonishing people uh, where to put their time. Yeah, well, let's put our time into, you know, keep like Paul said, we keep our eyes fixed on the things above. Mm-hmm. And that means, in terms of the book of Revelation, the good news is that, in, you know, towards the end, Babylon the Great falls. There's no more transactional economy. There's no more usury. There's no more oppression of people's money. It's broken. And then we see the heavenly city coming down from heaven like a bride. In contra- and that's in the great contrast to the uh, vision of this harlot and who, who's drunk on the blood of the saints. We see the beautiful mm-hmm. heavenly city. And that is, the heavenly city is for those that God has called and stay faithful to God. You know, that's mm-hmm. our calling. And mm-hmm. to stay faithful to God, we abide in Christ. We uh, make disciples, mm-hmm. which is basically to teach, to teach disciples uh, to observe the words of Christ, we, um, you know, and, and begin to walk in the way of holiness because the Lord is going to sanctify. If you go back to Zechariah chapter 3, he says he's going to shake out, he's going to take the last third. And if you go through the book of Revelation, you're going to see at the end of the seven-year period when Christ comes, there's only going to be a third left, or, or at the beginning of the last three-and-a-half-year period, um, mm-hmm. 40, the last 42 months, the last third of humanity will be there. And God says in Zechariah, he's going to try the, the third by fire. Mm-hmm. So there will be purification so that all the last third that are still living when Satan is cast out of heaven, they will all be purified by fire and will be made holy. So when Christ returns and does the battle, his people will be holy. And we know mm-hmm. that from the Apostle Paul. We know that from the words of Jesus. We know that from the prophets. Mm-hmm. So that's exciting yeah. to me, this purification time. People need to look at this, in a sense, as good news. The fact mm-hmm. that Jerusalem is coming to fulfill the words of the book of Revelation mm-hmm. is very important news because it means that we're getting Timeless. near to the end of yeah. this wicked, wicked system of things. Good. Great. That's awesome, isn't it? It is. And, uh, you know, let's, let's uh, conclude for tonight. I just love this, but it's really good of what God is doing. Um, I just put my Bible to uh, for, uh, 1 Corinthians 15, and it says, um, verse 34, Awake to righteousness and do not sin, 
for some do not have the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. And then he, right before that, he says, do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. And let not the believers in Jesus Christ be corrupted by evil company, even evil company that looks to be, pretends to be uh, good and godly. So let us stay mindful of Christ and let him protect us. So, um, Jerry, got anything else you want to say? No, I would say, you know, uh, our business, Jesus said, occupy. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean King James word. It says it means carry on business. And so our business is, like you said, Bruce, just to love the Lord uh, with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, our neighbor as ourself. Um, abiding in Christ, making disciples, um, and and being be, being busy about it, and mm-hmm. in in the not just running around frantically, but not being unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, if we can focus on just loving the Lord, abiding in Christ, mm-hmm. and then reaching people with the gospel mm-hmm. while we can. Uh, being alert to our opportunities, redeeming the time because the days, the days are, are evil. So yeah. that's uh, that's where we are. So yeah. So Bruce, go ahead. You have one more final word, and then we're going to say I'm thank you. Saying amen to Jerry's words. And uh, <laughs> well, listen, this has been great. So you've you've helped really a lot to clarify a lot of things, I think, and simplify them, which is the great a great blessing. And thank you for your um, helping us get through the word and some of these very powerful things. So hopefully um, this has been a help to people. If they have any questions, I know we didn't mention the phone number a whole lot tonight because we were just kind of flying through everything. But um, we'll be doing this again, I'm sure. Uh, So people can check this out on the archives. And um, if you are listening right now, I'm going to give you the phone number, uh, 347-215-8051. So put that number down and... um, Listen to us next week, uh, and we will try to answer your questions. Good night, Bruce. Good night, Marianne. Good night. God bless you both. Yes, thank you, thank Thank you. Thank you so very much. Have a wonderful evening. Bye-bye. Thanks for having us. Bye. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.